Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. I'm Nathan Walker, Global Performance Coach, here to share principles gleaned from decades of teaching, training, and coaching on four continents. Whether you're a senior executive, salesperson, new parent, military leader, artist, musician, head of a nonprofit, or a student, it doesn't matter who you are, only who you can become. Join me each week to have your brain flipped upside down as we move together toward a happier, healthier, and much more productive life. Hello, my friends. I finally am back on my favorite microphone this week, and that's a big deal to me. You might think I'm kind of an audio nerd, and you would be totally right. I just like the way this one sounds, so sue me. If you have an episode you particularly like, and you notice a difference between the sound on them, you can talk to me about it and tell me that I'm full of it, but, but until then, we're going to use my favorite. I have to tell you about what happened a couple of weeks ago and why this matters to you. We recently returned from a trip to Nebraska, where we celebrated the 100th birthday of my wife's grandmother, Ruth Leininger. Now, I'm going to tell you about Grandma Ruth, and we'll talk about what that means for you. But I first need to describe her a little bit. Grandma Ruth is a spry, active, mentally alert, full of joy, full of faith, full of love, full of good humor, independent, happy, 100-year-old woman. So the question is, why? There's a whole lot that went on during her lifetime that should give her cause to be not very happy, not very spry, not very healthy, not very full of good humor, and etc. But she embraces all who enter her door, and it's just a pleasure to be around her. What is it about Grandma Ruth that is such a blessing to me, to my family, to my wife especially, and to all who know her? Grandma was born very shortly after the end of World War I. The world was still reeling from the effects of that conflict. When she was two years old, Stalin began the purges in Russia and slaughtered millions of people. When she was seven years old, the Great Depression began, followed shortly by the Spanish Civil War in 1936. The Dust Bowl from 1930 to 1941, especially in 1935. Sunday, April 14th of 1935 was a day called Black Sunday, where dust clouds that were so thick they turned day into night covered the country from Canada to South Texas. In 1939, World War II began, and we were plunged into that conflict after the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. The Korean War began in 1950. The Suez Canal Crisis in 1956. The Bay of Pigs invasion in 1961. The Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. The Kennedy assassination in 1963. The Chinese Cultural Revolution began in 1966 and ended up in the slaughter of millions. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 68. The Vietnam War went from 1955 to 1975, with the greatest U.S. involvement beginning in 1964. 1973 saw the Cambodian bombing raids, 3,500 bombing raids in Cambodia. 
The Iran hostage crisis happened in 1981. The AIDS epidemic began in Africa in 1990. The Persian Gulf War in 1991. The Rwandan genocide in 1994. The war in Kosovo in 98 and 99. Civil war in Liberia from 99 to 03. And of course, we'll not forget September 11, 2001. The attack on the World Trade Center. War in Iraq in 2003. The Darfur genocide in 03. Syrian civil war in 2012. Riots. So many riots by the hundreds in 2016 after the election of Donald Trump. The implosion of Venezuela from 2016 to 2017. And our favorite, the COVID-19 pandemic beginning in 2020. Hundreds of riots. Millions killed in genocide. Thousands of murders. Political intrigue. Corruption. Economic volatility environmental crises, and so on. Those were the events of her life. So why in the world is she happy? And why didn't she just give up when things really started going south in her youth? Why wasn't she so afraid of the future that she didn't have a family? Her posterity now adores her. But why does she have a posterity? She should have never gotten married. She should have never tried anything. The world was in crisis. It was just coming apart. What good thing was there for her to live for? Unfortunately, we can be tempted to think those very things right now. As a society, more and more of us suffer from a thing called anticipatory anxiety. It can be anything from short-term nervousness to an overwhelming, debilitating sense of dread. We can spend a lot of time over-focusing on imagined worst-case scenarios, and it can affect our mood, tension levels, our sleep, our concentration, and our ability to feel joy in day-to-day activities. When we anticipate disastrous things, when we harbor some amount of anticipatory anxiety, we can spend a lot of time imagining worst-case scenarios, as Grandma might have done. Overfocusing on these unwanted outcomes can also increase our frustration and our hopelessness. But not only is it easy to expect the worst or fear the worst, we can have anticipatory anxiety based on other people's difficulties, experiences from the past that weren't even our own, experiences that we've never even had. We can choose to suffer from anticipating the worst or fearing that the world is coming apart so fast that there really is no future that it shuts us down. I actually know of people who have taken all their money out of the bank, built a shelter, and just kind of duck and cover, waiting for the worst to come and the world to end. Yeah, eventually the world will probably end. But you can't control that, and you don't know when it will be, and you don't know what it will be like, So pick your poison. Do you spend 80% of your time then focusing on the bad things that could happen in your life? Could Grandma Ruth have spent 80% of her time focusing on what could go wrong? Or do you choose to have a life, experience joy, love your family, prosper in your career, and live to the fullest? Here are some things that we do know that will be helpful. Number one. Your worst fears will rarely come true. 
It's actually uncommon for the things you fear the most to happen, at least in the way that you think they might happen. Since you can't really control the future, choose to live in the now. Focus on the moment that you are actually in. Most of our fears are made up. They're only projections of a possible future created in our own minds. They're not things that are taking place in the current moment. So take positive action on what you can control right now, this minute, this hour, this day, and give the rest to God. Number two, meditate and do it often. There's a raft of psychological and medical research that shows meditation is helpful in healing mental and physical ailments. Meditation is a great way to increase your health, your energy, your spirituality, and your feeling of well-being. Setting aside additional time for spiritual practice is also a good idea. If you have a belief in God or in any other thing that brings you joy, spend some time focusing on that. You get to choose what you focus on. You can spend 80% of your time anticipating the worst or 80% of your time anticipating a joyous life. You choose. Number three, work hard. Work is a powerful antidote for any concerns about the future. Number four, cultivate healthy relationships. Longevity is closely tied to social activity. Number five, write in a journal. The positive effects of writing in a journal are very similar to those of meditation and other spiritual practices, but Writing in a journal is also very helpful in combating a thing called hindsight bias. Hindsight bias is when we tend to remember things in the past as though they were better than they really were. And we kind of long to be back there where things were easier and better. No, they were hard then too. We just remember the good stuff. So it helps us fight hindsight bias and helps us remember that we are being guided and we are becoming more capable people than we were in the past. Number six, get professional help if needed. At a minimum, seek help from a trusted friend. But if you find these kinds of anxieties impacting your life significantly, get professional help. Some of you know the story of Corey Tenboom. She said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. Baz Luhrmann put it another way that strikes me kind of funny. Worrying about the future is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life will always be things that never crossed your worried mind. For the most part, I think that's true. Can I tell you a little bit more about the time span of Grandma Ruth's life? When she was four years old, the U.S. started the numbered highway system. That's kind of a big deal. Maps were a lot harder to navigate before then. Uh, color television that same year. Lindbergh flew nonstop to Paris in 27. The Jazz Singer, the first talkie, first movie with sound, came out in 1927. In 28, Amelia Earhart crossed the Atlantic. 1931, the Empire State Building was completed. The Star-Spangled Banner was adopted that same year as the National Anthem. In 1936, Jesse Owens flouted the Nazis with his wins in the Olympics. 
You also may be a fan, as I am, of a book called The Boys in the Boat. Their performance in that same Olympics was astonishing and wonderful. Uh, 1936, the first programmable computer was invented. I know you don't believe it was that early, but it really was. Uh, the first blood bank opened in 37. In 1940, McDonald's was founded. I think their burgers were probably a little bit better then than now, but penicillin was successfully used to treat a first patient for blood poisoning in 1942. The first dialysis machine was created in 43. The end of World War II in 1945. The first defibrillator in 1947. 1953 saw the dawn of DNA research, if you can believe it. 1954, the first organ transplant. In 1958, the U.S. launched their first satellite. The pacemaker was invented that same year, as was the world's first video game. Don't even get me started. That's a long conversation. Yes, it was 1958. 1959, we got Alaska and Hawaii as states. The first human being in space in 61. Instant color camera film in 63. 64 saw the passage of the Civil Rights Act. The first heart transplant was in 1967. The first man on the moon, Neil Armstrong in 69. The first email that was ever sent was in 1971. The first mobile phone conversation in 73. The invention of GPS in 74. Digital cameras in 75. I know a little bit about those. They weren't much, but they're pretty good now. Photographs sent from Mars in 76. The invention of the compact disc in 1980. Installation of the world's first permanent artificial heart in 82. The internet was born in 1983. Laser eye surgery in 83. Apple changed the world with the Macintosh in 1984. Live Aid concert from London in 85. The Berlin Wall came down and the breakup of the Soviet Union began in 89. The World Wide Web was invented by Tim Berners-Lee in 89. 1990 saw democracy in Poland. 92 saw the formal end of the Cold War. The first text message was sent in 92. Boy, I bet. I wonder how many trillions of those have been sent since then. 1994, Amazon was born. 98, the age of Google began. 2000, the International Space Station opened. 2004, Facebook was founded. The first video was uploaded to YouTube in 2005. 2007 saw the invention of the iPhone, and so on. Contemplating the span of Grandma Ruth's life, from the first color TVs and Lindbergh crossing the Atlantic, to the unbelievable inventions that we have now, the comfort, the lifespan, the longevity, the good that people do, how many symphonies have been written? How many stories have been told? How many families have been loved? How many children have changed the world in the 100 years since Grandma Ruth was born? What a blessing her life has been, and thousands like it. What a wonderful thing this world is. Look where we live. Look at the promise of the future. She could not possibly have known when she was a child the incredible changes that would take place for good in the world. She could not possibly have seen you and me and others that we love. What we are about to see is grander and more beautiful and more colossal than anything that we can imagine. Yes, 
there will be evil also. Do you wish to spend most of your time focused on the wonder and beauty and magic of your future? You get to choose. We too can metaphorically go from black and white TVs to Netflix. From the beginning of the age of the tractor to self-driving cars. From homes that still contained ice boxes to smart homes and every other modern convenience. May I close with a reminder about this promise in Scripture. This is from the book of Romans in the New Testament in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Pick your poison or pick your purpose. Look to the future with fear or look to the future with faith. This is your mission and your invitation. As always, if I can help you with any of this, let me know. Go to the link listed in the podcast description on my website, find the contact page, and tell me what you think. If there are things you'd like to hear, we'll talk about them. If there are ways I can help you, we'll set up a time to talk about it together free of charge. Until then, we'll talk to you again soon.